0: So I recently turned 30. I did it. I survived my 20s. And I guess that's a big deal. I particularly keep being reminded of that episode of Friends where each of the Friends turns 30 and has a minor crisis about it. And I think that now 20-year-old episode of TV reflects the fact that there used to be this sense that by the age of 30, you'd kind of have things figured out whether that was in relation to family, or relationships, or your job. As I crept towards and then over that milestone, I couldn't help reflect on the ways in which, due to various economic, political, social, and cultural changes, those expectations have shifted somewhat. To help me shine a light on how and why, I sat down with someone who's made an entire series on how to survive your 20s, Lena Norms, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh,
1: thanks for having me. You,
0: you've you already told me how, how you are, but now can we do it uh, again, but pretend for people that are listening and watching?
1: I can confirm that I am fine. Dandy. Be- better the, than good.
0: The last 10 seconds have been okay yeah. since since we last spoke. Yeah,
1: nothing, nothing's um, gone down. So, <laughs> there we go. Not yet.
0: Uh, we We have both recently been taking on the british monarchy i realized as i was prepping this which i I hadn't Mm. thought of when we were setting up the chat yeah uh your head is still attached to your body yeah i
1: mean unsuccessfully because they're still in power but like you said actually maybe it's a success because we have all of our i have all my vital organs do you
0: (laughs) okay i did towards the very end of the we we made three videos to tie in with the Mm. coronation and the third one um, both me and Georgia who edits videos were having uh, internet disasters uh, mine had just stopped working for reasons I think the box had just broken for whatever reason mm. and it was very complicated and bureaucratic and a man had to come around to replace the box but that meant having two days where we needed to send big files across the internet where I didn't have the internet oh, no. and so I went to my local library which is kind of not the main central library in the city. It's sort of one of the diddy ones mm-hmm. that's open sort of Tuesdays and Thursdays, no. 10 till 2 or something. And I was there for the whole time waiting for things to upload. But they've recently replaced the library internets with something called Gov Fi, oh. which is a kind of centralized login system, I guess, oh. for the all public service internet stuff, uh, Wi-Fi's. And so I was sat there in this library uh, with my iPad with a hard drive plugged into it, which felt kind of, uh, it felt like, you know, a kind of 90s program where they're on the internet, yeah. uh, transferring files to a folder called Treason Fest through the Gov Wi-Fi, which did feel like <laughs> I was at some point just going to, that the old man that was looking at books was just going to turn around and be like, yeah. actually...
1: like the arcade Um, arm of of the monarchy will just come down and pluck you from the library
0: (laughs) but no we we both survived did you did you watch it in the end i think you said you specifically said in one of your videos you weren't going to watch i
1: feel like i I had to give some kind of action at the end so i was like look if the viewing figures are down at least that will be a news point just don't watch it but i i don't i forgive you for watching it if you did because it was i hear that it was quite the spectacle I
0: mean, yeah, I I, they use a song in it that I like, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is the sort of coronation song is a bit of a banger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, oh, uh, it's like, but yeah, I did, I we sort of watched bits yeah. of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I've I've survived, survives the experience. But but viewing figures weren't great for it.
1: Oh, good. That's cool.
0: <laughs> <They came. Whoa>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like okay. compared to a, a a football or something. They were they were quite quite not good, that's which is interesting. interesting. But that's a, that's a story. For, I got a bit carried away with that. No, okay. and
1: I wonder if that's because, also like the, if they'll they'll argue that it's because people are watching it in public, so they're all looking at one screen, and the uh, the beautiful <laughs> idea of hundreds of people huddled around their TVs, maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
0: On what was occasionally a bit of a wet day, I think yeah. everyone was of course in the in the city centres. Everyone was in the pub uh doing doing the um you know when it's the world cup maybe for international viewers i don't know how how well this will come across but when it's the world cup or the euros there's this thing that brits have sort of started doing i think quite recently this i'm pretty sure this isn't actually a particularly long-standing thing of whenever a goal is scored uh everyone throws their pints up and goes like, way. um I wonder if anyone just did that at sort of various there various was, moments. I that it
1: wasn't like a big one moment climactic thing. I think you'd either have to be continuously throwing pints, or like, there's, is there a moment when it's like, a, you may kiss the bride, but like you may kiss your crown? Moment the, the crown situations?
0: goes on. Okay, the crown. The but there's a lot of props, so there's mm. and it there's the the sort of the rod of truth and the sword of hope and the it's all terribly the erotic, espurs. isn't it? as spurs at one point uh it is it's interesting to watch even as yeah but but then the, the there's a sort of bit where he says an oath of some description mm. and that all happens behind a curtain in this sort of curtained box mm. uh because that's sort of personal between him and god to make this oath
1: that it all uh, just sounds kinky to me that all of that just <laughs> sounds like it could be anything out of a kink playbook
0: <laughs> there's a lot of props many of them spurs yeah. or swords and then we go behind the
1: curtain for the last bit <laughs> <laughs> anyway but i
0: didn't i didn't bring you here if anyone i don't know what we're going to call this episode yet but it will so far have been very confusing and <laughs> um, the reason i asked you i asked you here today it sounds like i have i is sort of to,
1: to my office <laughs>
0: to, i think it's sort of to uh do, do some therapy um mm-hmm. because i recently turned 30 years of age mm-hmm. in march which was now two months ago and i was sort of surprised that i didn't have as much of a Crisis about it as I might have expected to. Or almost that I was told that I should have done. Because yeah. in the in the couple of years leading up to me being turning 30, uh Bo Burnham brought out Inside, which has a wonderful song in it about stupid friends having stupid children. Uh and the film of Tic Tic Boom came out, which opens with a similar angsty song about turning 30 and maybe i'm not someone who has big sort of anxieties about not being able to do things again or whatever it is but i i it was interesting to be be sort of told by the culture around me that i should be feeling a certain thing Mm. and to not be feeling that and you create a fantastic series on your channel uh, called the the 20s toolkit which do you want to describe that to to people watching and listening so that I don't
1: yeah so basically the 20s toolkit is essentially um all of the things that I wish I'd known in my 20s but in fact did not and really fucked up <laughs> a little bit but it's also I basically just made a video when I was 27 that was like 20 things I wish I'd known in my 20s and people loved it and I was like well I have a lot more to say on that because I've definitely made more errors than that and <laughs> um, so it basically extrapolated into lies and told about marriage in your 20s um think like things around like friendships work work work-life balance um freelancing in your 20s like anything like that I tried tried my best to cover (laughs) they're still coming and I'm 33 so
0: (laughs) it is nice when the videos that seem to do well and people engage with and want to hear more about are things that really interest you and like it's it's a funny business to be in that sometimes everyone's like I want to see more of this thing and it's like oh that's not necessarily the thing that I sometimes it's it's just a case of not having anything more to say about some things (laughs) so it's nice (laughs) (laughs) it's it's nice when they kind of combine the things that people want to see and the things you want to talk more about yeah
1: totally and I'm also wondering like you not having a complex about your 20s is this episode you you having a crisis about not having a crisis about or do you want me to cause you to have a crisis because it's not too late just because the birthday's gone we can still give you a 30s crisis
0: oh it could be one like one of those inspirational businessy podcasts where they for some reason always have comedians on and they cry halfway through Yes, maybe perfect. I, maybe I, maybe I will cry. I will get the nugget of
1: crying about thirty minutes. Um,
0: I'd be like, when I was 26 and it was also good. I feel um, like
1: um, one of the things that I felt when you asked me about this episode though was interesting because it ties in with that thing idea of being thirty because I actually assumed that you were older than me. <laughs> um, I think just because I perceive you as more intelligent than me, so I was like, "Oh, flipping out!" He's like three years younger than me, and then you get that thing of like, "Oh, like I everybody that I perceive as." sillier than me should be younger and everybody who I perceive as more wise should be older and that's like the linear school idea of like how intelligence should work
0: I think I just have old man vibes (laughs) and maybe this is part of it Mm. maybe part of me not having a a crisis about turning 30 is I think maybe I've always been about 57 (laughs) and um rather than being uh the kind of antagonist, uh, no, the, the protagonist of uh, the Bruce Springsteen song, uh, the glory, glory days about sort of looking back at your school career and being like, well, wasn't that so good? I think maybe I'm on a trajectory home to, to sort Was of being, being <laughs> to being, to being an old man who will mm-hmm. feel comfortable, uh, be, feel comfortable sort of reading a book uh, and in a, in a cha- in a good armchair. Yeah. I don't I don't have a
1: you're, good
0: armchair in my life, but I think I would your be.
1: twenties because you you like it's like I'm not mourning my youth because I didn't have a youth. I've always <laughs> been this way. <laughs> I don't know if that's sad or, or inspiring.
0: <laughs> I know I, I I enjoy I, I was about to say I enjoyed being young. Mm. I am enjoying I think it, it, it being young it is important yeah. to say as well, but uh, but but. But maybe, maybe that's maybe I've just got old man vibes, and that's why you thought yeah. I was older.
1: So you're always uh, just I perpetually do... ready for your free bus pass. You must be really annoyed by now. <laughs> you're like, I've been mentally in 57 for a while. <laughs> it's time for my free transport.
0: I would, I would like a free bus pass. Yeah, that is, and uh, <laughs> uh, maybe some of those those generational things will, will come come into things. Mm. I mean, I think, I think I remember you saying that you you started the series because you'd seen a TED talk, is that correct? Oh about... yes.
1: Thank, thank you for hinting at my own my own Genesis story. Yes, I read, do you know what? It's right here, can I get it? One you second. can. I think it's can. within fingers reach. I read th- this book called The Defining Decade by Meg Jay. Um, and um, she did a TED talk, and that's why she wrote the book, about like, why your 20s matter and how to make the most of them now uh and it scared me because it was I, re- I watched it when I was about 27 and it was kind of just like people think that you should party through your 20s but actually the way you act in your 20s is how the rest of your life will be defined so you might want to <laughs> sort your shit you'd out you'd hate to have 20s. fun
0: for your entire life
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> it's like, it's not, sorry. is that the
0: implication
1: pretty much so anyway, it's been widely refuted now. But I, I when I read it, I was like, oh, yes, very wise. And then uh, as with any best-selling book, lots of other people come out with hot takes afterwards that you realise, in fact, mm. you do agree with and y- you were just being led down a path. So I don't know how I feel about this book. It is enjoyable. um, But it definitely, yeah, you're right. That is one of the catalysts of the series was me being like, do we need to sort ourselves out? Is it OK if we fail? Can you fail your 20s as long as you live through them? Have you really failed them if you're still alive? Like.
0: I mean, you you said that a minute ago. You were sort of you said something along the lines of uh, f- something ar- around failure, and it is that thing of going, "Well, oh, you're, you're you're still here, and you you're doing you do things are going okay." So. Yeah,
1: I've still got my head.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of my teeth. Because um, <laughs> I, I read, so I, I found I'm glad it was it, it was the right talk. I found then because yeah. this this was Meg Meg and and i think that like from what i watched and this this is like a it was a big ted talk about 4 million views or something um and it was sort it was an interesting one that it was acknowledging some of the ways in which there have been generational shifts between mm-hmm. being in your 20s in um and i mean this was this was 10 years ago so okay, that's very easy maths. Why can't I do that? 2013. Um, and then, you know, even more so now that the experience of being in that 20s period of your life is very different to how it might have been in a generation before. Uh, and yet the, the kind of vibe of the talk is that you should still try and do the same things anyway, that mm. sort of sort of ignore the ways in which I mean, at this point, I think it was still mid recession that uh she would have been talking They sort of just ignore that that's happening and simply simply have maybe just have a job uh maybe maybe just have you maybe just have your career job maybe you should just have that uh with, with, and and sort of ignoring the ways in which contexts have changed mm. um but maybe we'll come on to that and begin by talking about so i guess one of the things of potentially reaching the end of one's 30s or coming in at the other end and being in your being 1920 or in your early 20s and looking ahead at this kind of runway of years that you've got is it almost feels like there is a tick list of things that you possibly expect to have done mm-hmm. which i think i i wonder whether might have changed slightly for people who are currently the other side of that decade than uh than i currently am Mm. um but one that one thing that i kept coming back to is the episode of friends where i think rachel i think it's mainly rachel that's turned turning 30 and then they flash back to everyone else uh turning 30 and it's all about uh i think she's not particularly happy in her relationship and thought she would be married by now. Uh, I think Ross gets a car I think that's the sort of comedy comedy side story um but I suppose it's I suppose that the way to start the conversation is to think about what I don't know what what did you find your expectations going into your 20s were of where you might be when you landed on the other side of it
1: yeah I think I think it was um kind of About I I had a I definitely had things in my head mainly do you know what around travel and all the places that I would go, uh, which again Mm -hmm. is I think is something that I'm revising my feelings about in general. Um, But I think also it was it was all the panic I think was around not only doing the things on the checklist. But if I wasn't going to do the things on the checklist, making sure I had a really good excuse of why I didn't do that. Do you know what I mean? Like if I go and write a best-selling novel, then people won't mind that I didn't buy a house because I've got I was like, oh, I was busy writing a novel or like I was busy becoming famous or I was busy doing this amazing thing. You know, I was I was changing the law. And it's that thing of like feeling like if you opt out of certain parts of the, the trajectory, then you if you don't if you don't do it, you need to have like either a tragic reason. Or uh, a really good, like, impressive reason about why you didn't. So I feel when I when you're asking me that, I'm thinking more about. I was more panicking about the fact that I I knew that some of those things probably wouldn't happen. <laughs>
0: That's so really interesting. Yeah, it, it's almost as though mm. if you if you live the starving artist route through your twenties, yeah, then it doesn't matter so much that you've not done those things because because you feel like you've got, I guess, the experiences to go. Um, to go in in place of that or alongside Mm. that uh and maybe and maybe that is a thing of of having the kind of post post financial crisis 20s of home ownership and and jobs being down and those traditional markers not being there Mm. but looking for other markers that that we could sort of Put in their place to uh make up for some of them yeah and,
1: so, and whether that's like doing something really impressive or just having like loads of crazy stories of like this time I went to Australia <laughs> and I got drunk with a wombat and you know you you feel like you're like oh, I've got to have these crazy stories I've got to go out and do do stuff but I do think I, I was I was engaged for some of my 20s and didn't end up marrying that person I think that's interesting as well going through the stages of planning a wedding and seeing how everybody reacts to it in this kind of over celebratory way for me where I was like I'm being over congratulated for something that mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even really do and the, you know and, and I think there's that that side of it as well was really interesting for me but I think it's also about like what uh, like the like you said like you said the extenuating circumstances of what's possible because I feel like for you you might have hit some of those those ones on the tick tick list have you and then other ones do you feel like you if there is a tick list have you ticked off some of them
0: on on my way to some of them i guess mm-hmm. um i've very nearly ordered a wedding ring uh oh. today so that was so that, that that sounded like it was sort of over the course of a month uh so so there's sort of some of them that are maybe happening slightly in, into the early 30s in a way that i think might be might might actually not massively uh move from the uh expectation of where i might have been i guess mm.
1: so they're in, some of them are in the works
0: <laughs> yeah yeah which which, feels feels like i'm sort of sticking to the 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 game of life uh life plan uh mm. in, in some ways mm. i mean maybe it's best to go through in 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 categories yeah okay and we, we were we were sort of discussing this before we started mm. of what are, the, what are the areas of life? And it was interesting, I think, that you brought up some that I, I would never have thought of, which I think are uh, potentially gendered ones of the different expectations that are, are placed upon us, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was, was, was really interesting, just some stuff that would, I would never have necessarily thought of. Um, I guess the first maybe being relationships, which say as, say as, as much or as little about as, as, as you would like. I'm I'm a bit I'm uh, very much an anomaly here in that I entered my twenties in the same relationship that I exited it, uh, which I I look back on very gratefully in terms of not I I I would I would hate to have to go on a date. (laughs) Uh, In fact, I kind of want to do an episode of this show at some point where I I. I try, I try and get my head around what that's like to do because I would be awful at it. I think <laughs> um, uh, it sounds horrible and stressful and uh, exposing. I think in ways that I feel very glad to, uh, have be, to say it, have been sheltered by, which makes it sound like it's you know You're it, hiding but...
1: behind it, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'm also, you know, very, very, very glad to to be in a relationship with someone who loves pieces, but but also like to have been shielded from that is is really um, something. But we also got uh, engaged sort of relatively early on in our 20s, but then are only just about to get married in the summer, um, which has been, which every so often I think back to The Office where... I think Pam and Jim, there's a sort of an ongoing thing about the fact that they've been engaged forever and not get married. Uh, but we have actually, we are actually going to do so. Um,
1: that's amazing, but, though. And I think that, like, you're, like you say, it is an anomaly, but I also don't think it's something that's like unideal for a lot of people. I think a lot of people, especially from the reviews of dating right now, would rather not have to go on any more dates. Please and thank you. Yeah. So I think that's something that, in some ways, people might see that as like, oh, so you didn't like sow your wild oats. <laughs> Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of anything like less. Less suits be your best. Laundry. Like Tom, you know that guy who sows his wild oats. But it is that is that thing of like that's quite a masculine thing of like oh you didn't go out and like date loads mm. of women and have that kind of beach experience or you know it was, what's yeah. the beach? Experience? You know, you know, like I've just been thinking a lot about the film The Beach because of, I don't know why. Oh, okay, um, have you seen it with Leonardo DiCaprio and he's like I'm going on my gap year and I'm going to go to Thailand and take loads of weed no
0: i've not (laughs) seen i've not seen the beach i'm afraid well i
1: don't know if recommends my strongest word for it but anyway the, the kind of that experience of of um, dating loads of people, I think, is something that people really associate with their 20s. And I think some people in their 30s and 40s will look back and be wistful about that period and be like, oh, remember when I was just dating around? And mm. um, I think when you're actually in it, it's not that fun. I did do a lot of dating for about three or four years of my 20s. And I got into another serious relationship. So like, When you say serious relationship, it sounds somber, doesn't it? It's like a serious relationship. Um, deadly,
0: deadly.
1: serious. Yeah, so serious. Um, who I I I'm actually met him in the comments of a YouTube video, fun fact. <laughs> so no need for dating. Just hang around in the comments of YouTube videos. You'll find... It's the,
0: it's the only good thing ever to have happened in the comments to a YouTube video, <laughs> yeah, I basically. think.
1: It's finished. We can stop YouTube comments now. We, we've won it. It's over. <laughs> There's no good to be gleaned. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think the, the relationship expectation. And also, like, you know, I think I grew up um quite Christian and I'm not anymore but it meant that a lot of my friends were married by the very beginning of our 20s you know I feel like weddings were mm. something I went to 10 years ago and I haven't I haven't been to a wedding in like five seven years you know what I mean I'm not th- there's something that happened before and I I know that in my 30s we'll probably go through the some of the divorce stages of that as well you know I, I think there's also that that as an expectation that people don't think about um but yeah I think they ba- babies is is part of that relationship thing as well that I think well that's a different category but I think it's it's been interesting the expectations of people feeling like kind of almost from my end anyway people feeling acting like they're in a game of fruit salad do you ever play that as a kid <laughs> uh,
0: where, where you sort of if you're wearing a red hat stand up and swap places yeah and then like if right. you
1: if and they take one chair away every time so you have to be you can't be the last person to sit down <laughs> <laughs> and it's like oh, I've yeah. got to find a partner otherwise I'll be the only person standing you know it's like, that's the kind of feeling I think sometimes um, so yeah I think that's an interesting thing to to fight against um, if you haven't found the right person
0: yeah I, I I don't know I'm not sure what my relationship expectations necessarily were in terms of uh, coming in or, or maybe a few years before going into my 20s in terms of uh, but in terms of I don't know when married if 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 we get married and if so when and but but yeah we sort of got engaged relatively early on it, it must maybe 23 that's bad I don't know that I think it was 23 um
1: <laughs> you mean you and, don't have a tattoo of that date on your arm or like engraved um, in um, your
0: soul <laughs> uh, although although because I've been wedding shopping recently uh there's a lot of sort of joking joking about that goes on uh, and one uh, ring salesperson did suggest that a lot of men get it the date of their wedding engraved on the inside of the ring mm. uh, because you can pitch it as being a oh it's the date we got married and it's lovely but it's also just a really good reminder of when your <laughs> wedding date. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> 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 just like, okay brilliant yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: And also uh, you shouldn't en- get en- getting like engraved, like all of her uh, relatives middle names and like everything like, everything else you're supposed to remember about that person's family We're <laughs> like quick. anything else we're missing? <laughs> Phone number?
0: because <Three> <laughs> I, I think I always I always uh, w- w- we always thought it would be you know relatively long because we didn't have the money to get, uh, mm. to get married at that point yeah. but um but actually, like looking back, we would not have had time to plan a Uh, a wedding at any point in that as well as not having the money and also just all of the pieces of our life I guess just weren't quite Mm. settled in quite a way and I think one thing that maybe comes with all of the various tick boxes that maybe sometimes people feel like they should be ticking off during that decade actually the having flexibility during that early part of your uh adulthood i guess is often kind of useful um in terms of i mean it would have been a nightmare to organize uh, a wedding itself because both us and all of our friends are moving around so much that kind of now people are a bit more settled so you sort of know where people are getting the train from or where they're mm. living and stuff in order to arrange the thing to make it make it happen um uh but yeah it would have been so much more and and now it just makes so much more uh more sense i guess which is one thing that came through in that in the the talk that the 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 Ted talk was this idea that it was seemed to be about putting pins in stuff uh not in the sense of uh delaying them to later but in the sense of sort of nailing things down i guess in a way that actually i think in your 20s sometimes isn't super useful because i don't think you've necessarily worked out who you are yeah, yeah in many totally. in many cases in what you need.
1: I wonder, if it's also, because I've been thinking about this recently and that I've attended a lot of weddings in my early 20s of people that I'm no longer in contact with, not for any malicious reason, but I think when you're in your early 20s, you have, like, you've met people at uni, you've met people in three mm-hmm. different workplaces, you've still got all your school friends, probably, and you just have these, like, huge weddings with all these people. But I was recently reading this book by Elizabeth Day called um, Friendaholic, and it's all about, like, the stats around friendship. And apparently, you're, naturally, your friendship groups, um, at least 50% of them will rejuvenate or like you'll you'll lose about 50% of your friends and then gain mm-hmm. a new set every seven years so actually I think when you get married in your 30s you're more likely to invite the people that might be permanently around they will be the people that made it through those cycles of like you know losing touch or just going out of each other's orbits and I, I, I wonder if actually that's one of the reasons people do tend to have slightly smaller weddings sometimes in their 30s because they're like well um... I know that I don't actually know these 500 people
0: <laughs> you've got you know? the survivors
1: yeah
0: I, I guess it's which friendships are contextual mm. in the sense of you have friends at work that whilst you're working at that place you think of as amazing uh, friends and then it turns out that when you don't have all of those work things to talk about and to gossip about etc that suddenly oh i don't know what we'd talk about if we don't talk about those things and so
1: yeah, totally. And I think also sometimes I've thought that if, like people at work are like really, really good natural friends, but actually it's just a trauma bond because we're both having such a bad time at work <laughs> that it's like um but yeah, no, I, I think I think you're right, and I think that kind of dovetails into the friendship thing as well in, in that I think in your in your teens, you're always like friends forever, we're gonna be friends forever, and especially at uni, I think as well. There's a lot of talk of like we're gonna know each other when we're old. And um that that's not always true, and I think you're right, it's because people do naturally change quality a lot in their 20s and sometimes people change in really different ways um and the people that I'm still friends with because some of my closest friends are still like friends from school and I think it's because we're like the the parts of us that align are like the permanent parts of us you know so there's lots of things we've both changed in our lives but for some reason the part of us that gels is part of I mean essence sounds a bit wanky doesn't it but like the essence mm. is there yeah I don't know
0: yeah it is I think it's hard to put your finger on exactly what the the thing it like with with friends that you have for a, for a very long time I think it's sometimes hard to because in some senses it values maybe but those kind of shift over time as well yeah. don't they and um and, and sometimes it's experience i guess is that you have a shared uh shared set of stuff to go back on but it's sort of more than that as as well because i'm sure there's plenty of people I have a lot of shared experiences with that I don't know, wouldn't necessarily um, think of having that same kind of essence to sort of like really close. Friends. Hey, I hope you're enjoying my chat with Lena. If you are and you want to check out further episodes of Induction, then you want to know that the best way of doing so is through my premium streaming service, Nebula. Nebula is something that I've been building along with a number of other smart video and podcast creators for some time now. Our Changing Climate, Princess Weeks, Legal Eagle, and a bunch of others that you know and love. Alongside giving you the chance to watch all of our videos advert and algorithm free, Nebula also gives you the chance to watch tons of exclusive and early access content too. For example, both audio and video versions of every episode of Induction are released on Nebula a full two weeks before they're available anywhere else. That means that Nebula subscribers are always an entire episode ahead. At the moment, that episode is a chat with Abigail Thorne of Philosophy Tube, about whether and why the work of William Shakespeare remains interesting and relevant today. Early access to induction is just one of many, many benefits of being signed up to Nebula. And if you're kind enough to use my personal link go.nebula.tv forward slash induction, then you can get 40% off an annual plan. That brings the cost down to just $2.50 a month. Once signed up, you can watch all of my videos, ad and algorithm free, as well as my exclusive Nebula class on the process that goes into researching my videos. That link again is go.nebula.tv forward slash induction. I'll look forward to hopefully seeing you over on Nebula. But for now, back to my chat with Lena. It was interesting, actually, that you put down um, uh, friendships as one of the kind of core uh parts of when we were sort of brainstorming what are the different areas mm. of life that um because i think I think that's one of those things that's quite quite gendered in terms of uh yeah. expectations for um men and women uh usually in that uh my expectation was probably that I would have a you know a couple of good like i think friendship groups among men tend to be smaller yeah is what is is my observation it's not my suggestion that that is the way things should should be de- and de- definitely among kind of cis het men uh the the i think it's because we sort of we're often sort of socialized to place less value on it mm, i think definitely. in terms of um and so like i definitely know that i have sort of one very very good friend and then and then and then you know lots of other other friends as well but in the same way that if if i talk to my partner about uh you know who is your best friend there's like a list of sort of 10 or 15 um people who uh yeah genuinely would share lots of things about each other in a way that i think uh Definitely I feel like I, I am often socialized to kind of close off a little bit. Yeah. Um and so it was interesting to think about I I could I, I think my expectation was that hopefully I would have one good friend who, with whom I probably shared a hobby. And I think I've I think I've come through because I was thinking I I think about this often about how I think uh, kind of cishet male friendships, you have to have an excuse. Mm. You can't you can't just be friends, you have to and you can't just sort of meet up to do something. I don't know. You can't just meet up. You have to be doing it. Th- yeah, to be like a you can't tub. just
1: sit opposite uh, each other and look into each other's eyes because that would be, that would be mm, gay. Mm. <laughs> um, uh,
0: so it has to be, so it has to be like the, the football or it has yeah. to be Warhammer or it has to be, like, there has to be a, whatever the thing is or fishing or whatever it is, there has to be a, oh, we're doing the, in my head, I'm thinking of the Detectorists. Have you seen...
1: seen
0: it? Oh, oh, it's so good. It's genuinely good. It's uh Mackenzie Crook and Toby Jones, and they are metal detectorists, is is their hobby. Yeah. And it's this wonderful show about these two guys who must be I don't know, late I think I think Mackenzie Crook must be sort of late 30s, maybe, and Toby Jones is a little bit older. Uh and it's sort of on their friendship which is kind of awkward and uh and very much does revolve around uh, metal detectoring. Yeah, they have
1: uh, a, a shared goal.
0: <laughs> yeah, as like, their sort of
1: it. It
0: great. as their sort of excuse to talk, but it's it's really good. It's, it's incredibly well written. Um,
1: I'm I'm having a working theory for why you aren't freaking out about turning thirty now that we've covered two of the topics. Okay. But let's see if we can test it. It's well, this has turned into a therapy session. You had lower expectations than me for your 30s, <laughs> for your twenties. And they've been met. They were realistic, low expectations. So you were like, I don't want to date. That sounds awful. I, I just want to have one friend that I might have a hobby with. <laughs> and you're, do you know what I mean? I'm like, let's test it with other things. But I think this is interesting. Because I'm definitely somebody who's like, I want to do everything all at once. And I want to do all these. Things. Do you know what I mean? I think I I have like a, I'm a, a. I'm, I'm skewed the other way, perhaps negatively. <laughs>
0: I just came in incredibly pessimistic. Yeah. Uh, I, whenever we whenever we finish making uh, a video uh, on on the main channel, we do a kind of ra- little wrap up thing of, of sort. Of how did it go? My first thing is always we made a video yes. uh, because I think it's good to celebrate the yeah, the, the little like... win.
1: <laughs> People have watched. I it. think
0: I'm tr- I'm trying to think back. I think maybe 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 this is a gender thing as well. Of I think my big. The the things that I was maybe taught to really care about were probably work stuff. I Mm. guess was that that I would be hopefully doing something important in the world. I think at that point I still wanted to uh, probably be a rock star of some description. Uh, Although I think by the time I'd started university, I decided I wanted to work in a recording studio. I
1: was very specific.
0: I was happy to be. I was happy to be sort of one of the 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 cool guys that was just sort of hanging out with the <laughs> maybe that's already maybe maybe that's already my little dreams of going I'm not going to be I'm not going to be one of the cool guys but I could be near the cool yeah. guys
1: I could just be right. in the background twiddling some knobs in a sensory deprived area with no light
0: I could be what tangentially related to something cool uh so I and this kind of sort of bleeds into sort of educational changes yeah. as well I guess in that I ended uh college at just the right point that if I went straight to university my degree was going to cost me 3000 uh, pounds a year, in that year,
1: the anti-gap year, year yeah the anti gap
0: year yeah when the next year I would have uh, had to pay nine thousand pounds a year mm. uh, for international viewers who haven't just worked out that one number was bigger than the other. Um, there was a year in which tuition fees trebled in the UK, and also the more importantly, or as importantly, the terms on student loans changed. So it went back from went from being a system where you would hopefully pay it off at some point mm. to one where you just have a massive amount of debt forever. Yeah. Um. And. So there was definitely a uh, need to... Or it felt like there was a need to make the decision as to what I was going to do quite soon Mm. in a way that my reflections on my 20s more broadly are that you probably don't need to make... lot. You you sort of want to explore what your options are probably more than hammering a nail into something too too rigidly. Mm. Um, And I think probably, cause, I mean, you've talked about travel a lot, about that being something that was really important to, uh, to you. I don't know whether I had any big gap year v- visions. Uh, partly I think I hadn't, hadn't really done much international traveling when I was younger. So that wasn't necessarily like now it's something that i'm really looking forward to now the the world has sort of opened up again i've been away a couple of times over the last year and it's been really lovely and I, I enjoy it and we're planning a honeymoon and looking forward to going traveling um and looking forward to 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 yeah we're hoping to go to japan hopefully um but uh but to sort of seeing different parts of the world but at that point in my life i guess it's one of those things that because i hadn't done it much i hadn't got it on my list of something I could do more of, I yeah. guess. Yeah.
1: And I guess it's and also, I, Yeah. Sorry, you go.
0: No, no, you carry on because I think it's it's interesting that that was such an important thing. Yeah. For you.
1: I, I feel it's also this feeling of like I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it. So I want to do it to feel like, you know, what I mean mm. it's I think it's a confidence thing. It's also like a affordability thing where it's like, could I travel to different countries? Oh, I don't know. You know, so I think it's 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 that as well of like a of like being felt like the opportunity might be deprived from you. You want it more, and you're like, I want to go and travel everywhere. But then I, I also, I don't know. I think with travel, it's interesting because it's, it's so much. I understand your feeling when you were younger of not really wanting to travel that much. Because I feel like for me, I wanted to travel, but only because I wanted to feel like I was well traveled, and like I was somebody who mm-hmm. was like a globe. Tra- I think it was more about ego than it was about me genuinely wanting to travel and now it sounds like you've got places you want to go because you genuine like you probably are genuinely curious about japan whereas Lena at 21 would have just wanted to have said she's gone to japan <laughs> mm. so i think there's an immaturity there is, although part, of,
0: part of me has worried that everyone seems like well not everyone but but i i've heard of multiple people going to japan i think since it's reopened mm. and now part of me does worry am i going on a cliche holiday but that's not really at the front of my mind that's just like mm. one of those things that sits there which is which, but at the beginning of my 20s probably would have uh ate away at me uh more because i think you do still have that i think there's just so much more anxiety about how you are perceived in the world mm. and for maybe some for some people maybe that does hang around a little bit more for some people I'm sure some people are completely comfortable with themselves and, and who they are and how the world perceives them at the tender age of 20 and that never worries them at all. Um, but but that's interesting that, that you felt that it was as much... Because I, mean, I I think probably me wanting to work in a recording studio and be cool, that probably came from a similar place, yeah, right? Yeah, uh,
1: cool proximity, proximity to like... Yeah yeah my,
0: my my big dreams of being near some cool people were in some way I, I, I did sort of find it interesting as well i liked the fact that it was a bit creative but also a bit uh technical and there was a nice crossover but yeah but yeah i think there was definitely at least an element of of that feeding into it
1: yeah um definitely i think i have the, but the,
0: i think sorry go on. well i was just can say that i think with with like jobs has been the the one thing that has really changed rapidly over the past sort of 20 years in terms of that idea of fitting into a career that is kind of like a groove that you just then follow to the end of your to the end of your days uh, and get a nice pension at the end that sort of doesn't really in my experience and the experience of people around me I, it doesn't feel like it exists in quite the same way anymore outside of a few cases, I would say. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's as rare as like marrying your high school girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's there, but it's not like, it's not something, it's possible, but it's not something that you can bet on. Um, and I think you're right. I think, uh, and then again, we both have jobs that didn't exist, right? When we were at uni, yeah. I don't think it existed. So again, it's that thing of like, what are people now putting pressure on themselves to work towards in their twenties? And it might, whatever they're aiming for might not exist, but something completely different that they hadn't thought of does exist. So I think that's hard as well. Planning, planning a career in the digital age and also the age of like very poor workers. Right.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah. There's, there's definitely something about the way in which, uh, there's certain aspects of being a, person who makes videos for youtube that when i talk to slightly younger people they get really excited about and for me are things that i've not really thought about because Mm -hmm. because yeah you i I, yeah we we sort of couldn't envisage this as a job when we were younger um i guess it was I, i can't forget when i forget when the platform was 2006
1: something like that yeah
0: something like that so i guess um while i was in college i guess it was starting to starting to appear but i don't think it could have you wouldn't have envisaged it as a career in any way it could have been a cool thing that you did as a fun hobby Mm. uh on the side and probably then tried to convert it into uh, it's probably that era where if you if someone did well on youtube they converted that into a more traditional yeah they might
1: get a radio one slot or (laughs) a documentary or something like that yeah i know what you mean i think i started uploading in 2009 which is wild and i think that there was nothing there was barely anybody uploading like if you had ten thousand subscribers you were like really famous so i think it's
0: i do always think that they must continue to shoot themselves uh continue to feel as though they've shot themselves in their feet in terms of the one hundred thousand kind of subscriber plat and mm. I think they now have to just have a whole factory that just makes them yeah. all the time. Because by virtue of there just being more people watching stuff on YouTube and the kind of success it has had in terms of its cultural positioning, means that a lot more people get those <laughs> flags now.
1: Yeah, it's 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 less of a rarity, isn't it? but I think as well like with jobs it's really interesting because I think when I because I started working in the publishing industry after I left uni and I was doing that for like 8 or 9 years and I uh, what was interesting in my tw- early 20s was that I was like oh, well, to progress in this career, because I was like, oh, I can't be a YouTuber, that's to progress in this career, I have to get my manager's job. And then I have to get my manager's manager's job. And then eventually, I have to be running the Mm -hmm. publishing company, because that's how that pyramid works. In the same way that when you're at school, you're like, well, I start in year seven, and then I go to year eight. And then, (laughs) you know, everything's Mm -hmm. in a planned pyramid. And actually, as I went through my 20s, I realized that one my managers weren't making that much more than me, <laughs> like not enough for it to be that tempting for all the stress. They had looked like their veins were popping. Um, and then also that I wasn't really suited to managing people. I started being a manager and managing people. And I'm, I'm like the worst manager ever. I'm, I'm all, there's not a skill set I'm ever going to have. <laughs> so again, I think it's part of that trajectory of like being like, Oh, I'll just work my way up in a industry. And then mm-hmm. actually realizing that those, those positions are quite rare. And they're also maybe not as fulfilling as the boomers have made them out to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think I think I I definitely find I I I I had that tendency to plot routes mm. to go. Yeah, I'm going to finish college and then I'm going to go to uni here, and that's going to lead to this, and that's going to lead to that. And um, and I think my sort of big learning point through my twenties, I guess. Was to was that it was okay. It was okay sometimes to think about what could happen in the future and the ways in which things could go. But that actually it was much healthier to accept that I was going to be blown a little bit by the wind. Yeah, and that it was much more useful to be good at recognizing the opportunities and stuff that that existed around me in the places where I landed mm. periodically throughout that. Um, than it was to be to to get so desperate for a particular sort of path forward to work out and then be disappointed when it inevitably didn't because there was mm. 50 steps on that on that track and of course after about three of them things went slightly slightly differently yeah
1: I think that's what's interesting about the pandemic is that I think that people experience that, have always experienced that in their 20s. is like, maybe it's like a long-term illness or a death in the family or an unexpected baby or some, something that will throw mm-hmm. their life, of course, or unexpected like financial problems, anything like that can throw you, off course. But the thing with the pandemic was that that kind of happened to everybody to some extent, mm-hmm. depending on your privilege levels, but at, all at the same time. I think most people I've met can say, oh, my life would have been like this but the pandemic happened. So it went like this. And sometimes that's a better option than the option without the pandemic. But I do think there's a lot, like when you say it's like blown by the wind, I'm like, yeah, and sometimes there's a huge gust. And then then you have to adjust your timeline. You can't just say everybody has to achieve Mm -hmm. everything in 10 years because, that's not fair some people haven't had those 10 years to do you do you feel like the the parts of your twenties because I turned 30 right at the beginning of the pandemic do you feel mm. like you any regret having spent the last bit of your 20s in that weird liminal space of like COVID's kind of running the ship for a few years so I can't really plan yeah out? are you resentful uh, if is asking the question making you resentful when you wouldn't have been I... and now it's occurring to you
0: I think I I think I'm the kind of person that tries not to be too resentful of stuff anyway so I think I'm inclined not to sit there and 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 let that be the I think I'm I'm someone that tries to think about what's the useful emotion to have at a given point and I probably I almost certainly do not succeed in that uh, <laughs> all the time yeah. but I think that i definitely wish it hadn't happened for for many reasons uh the smallest i think i suppose from the smallest being that we had we had a nice holiday to turkey booked that we never went on that's a shame that was which i'd completely forgotten had happened but actually gave me sort of something something as i mean it was a little bit different being someone that was making videos through that time in that work didn't change much Mm. in terms of if i had been going to an office and then either been laid off or furloughed or continued to work but suddenly was working at home the shift there was slightly less pronounced um and so my biggest my biggest shift was trying to get my money back from Whoever it was that we were meant to go on holiday with, yeah. uh, that was sort of, and that was. I think that became my sort of coping thing for the first <laughs> few months of the the sort of trauma in the rest of the world. I could, if I could focus on this little this little thing, that uh, that that I wouldn't have to process so much of um, so much of that stuff as well. Um, but I'm trying to think of anything in particular because I'm sure it also it led to some really. Uh, nice stuff as well Like as as someone that that works from home it meant that my partner was also at home and that we got to have lunch together mm. um each day and that and so there was there was sort of nice things in addition to that um I possibly would say that I I missed doing a kind of yearly trip to somewhere uh I I like a I like a city break I like making a list of all the different places i think because we didn't do much uh international traveling when i was younger i if i go to summer for four days i like to absolutely make the most of it that's time so I've, yeah, yeah i've got a, have got a sort of eight o'clock to sort of probably eight o'clock again uh, uh later if there's good entertainment in the in the evening in the place we're going to uh of of places that uh that we're going to and and you know we're we're going from one to that was a lovely meal but it's over now the time is uh, there's, a, there's a museum across the way yeah. um and so i i did so i did i did miss miss doing that and getting to uh experience it. but but i probably appreciated doing things in the locality a bit more mm. and going on dartmoor and stuff in a way that uh maybe i don't have uh that i that i you know previously didn't do quite so much yeah. um did you find because you you were saying that you had a big sort of 30 blowout plans that yeah did, did that go i had i had
1: i had sent out the snottiest email to all my friends being like i have attended all of your baby showers i've been at every every hen do i have been at every wedding I'm not going to do any of that. So you all need to be at my thirtieth birthday. Otherwise, I will kill you. <laughs> and like I peeled, I, I I planned it all. It was a Meryl Street themed party, so everyone had to come as a Merrill Street character. So people were already planning their outfits, and I had like a pub booked. It was going to be amazing, and that got shut down. But I think as well, like the like the pandemic for me and I think this links to one of our other topics um is that I was living in London because I felt like well one I was working in London in an office um and so I felt like I had to be in London um but I realized during the pandemic how how um uh Economically vulnerable you are when you live in London and you're you're in your twenties and you're getting paid like you're in your twenties. It's very economically vulnerable if there's a pandemic, and how much we were paying for such little space so I actually en- long story short, I ended up moving back to near my hometown. Which is symbolically something that my early 20s self would have been very shameful about and been like no you've mm. got to get out of your hometown and like oh it's so boring because i'm from coventry it's not very exciting and that's why there's the famous phrase sent to coventry because nobody wants to go there um so i i felt like i, I have moved near there um now and, and i felt like earlier me pre-pandemic me would have seen moving home as a failure and now I see it as, like, a massive success that I've been able to move home and, like, buy a property and, like, em- mm. embrace the cheapness of <laughs> living where other people don't want to live.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's a great... I've I previously mentioned Bruce Springsteen once already in this uh, episode, mm. but there's a brilliant... So he did, a few years ago, did a show on Broadway where he sort of sings some of his songs and does little... bits of storytelling in between them. Uh, it's quite simple, but it's... Um, but it's a good listen or watch. I think there's a there's a recording of it. And he uh talks in that about the fact that he is the the runaway from home guy. That is that is his his brand. He's sort of taken the Dick Whittington thing and made it American and made it uh you know, we gotta leave leave this town behind. Yeah. Uh, and he lives like 10 minutes down the road from where he grew up <laughs>
1: uh,
0: he sort of he sort of very much does this you know cards on the table this is i've got multiple albums out of this idea of hitting the road and leaving everything behind but actually so he lived really like he still lives in i think it's new jersey i think uh because that's that because he also kind of had an attachment to that place and mm. um, and it is interesting those kind of geographical uh movement as well yeah I I was certain I would move uh, miles away to somewhere big and exciting where everything was happening Mm. because um you know that's where the beautiful people are doing really cool things uh and actually have moved just over the border from Cornwall to Devon uh to somewhere that is slightly bigger there's a there's a there's a cinema and uh but because I think you start, maybe you just start to value different things. I guess as you reach your uh, reach, as you go through those twenties, where you start to go, actually having friends and family around is nice. I guess um, for some people, for some people like that is you know that's that's been my experience anyway. Yeah. Actually, having an element of being settled is is important and reassuring. And can be a foundation on which to do to do exciting things as well, Mm. but with a sense that that you've got ground beneath your feet.
1: Totally, I think um, there's one of my favorite YouTubers is a woman called Hannah Louise Poston, and she talks about this idea of like a proximity to luxury and like understanding your proximity to luxury and whether that's recognizing Mm. actually it's really my life has been really luxurious and I've been able to make choices because I actually am closer to luxury than I admit to myself, but then also uh, like uh, like accepting that you're actually not you know obviously uh, like for me I'd have loved to have built a life in London that would have been amazing I'd love to have moved all my family to London or like had all my friends in London but I, but because you know once you recognise your proximity to luxury then you can start building a life that is the closest to to the what will make you happy do you know what I mean and I feel like for me I feel like they yeah. a lot of people treat geography like success and if you're living in a certain place it means you're successful and actually there's a lot of miserable people everywhere you go <laughs> you know what I mean and it's like making sure you're not one of those people I'm like whatever your postcode is like and um yeah I don't know I think I think you're right it's that idea that it's like I'm gonna make it out of this town and right and I think that's because a lot of pop stars and people who make a lot of our media have made it out of their town good for them mm-hmm. but like that's why not bias yeah that's not great data to pull from it's like only pulling data from like old folk singers and rappers and like <laughs> you know i don't know there
0: is i think you've got a great merch opportunity in oh. uh there are miserable people everywhere i think that <laughs> i think that's the one. <laughs> and yours can be low
1: expectations
0: <laughs>
1: and I, lifestyle I
0: might, <laughs> I might be near the cool people yeah um, <laughs> but, uh, I think one thing that um, that that you do really well in the uh, in the twenties toolkit series, which I think is is difficult to do, and the only other person I've seen that does it really well, and this is probably through lack of of, of awareness rather than there not being anyone else who does it really really well, is uh, Chelsea Fagan in the financial diet which is sort of american uh, focused to, to be in of, the same
1: uh, sentence as chelsea fagan and a, yeah
0: but I th- well i think what i think what you both do really well her uh, we're talking about filing your taxes or whatever it is and, and and you were talking about uh some of these reflections on your 20s and, and tips for people that maybe are in their early 20s or mm. or or i think probably mid 20s and and starting to panic a bit maybe is offering advice in ways that acknowledge that the world is not fair and that or and acknowledge the you know the systems that we're tied up in um but still giving gent sort of give, giving gentle nu- nudges while still being able to go yes it's not fair that you that you have to think about x or you have to do y um but it might be helpful if you thought about that, yeah. because I think a lot of um, self-help stuff um, is often just you can do anything. We all have the same 40 hours or however many hours, 24 hours in the day. Mm. Um, sto- stories about people who started from nothing. If you ignore um, all the stuff they had uh, and is sort of pretends that these things th- pretends that the various uh barriers and ceilings and roadblocks don't exist entirely mm. uh whereas I think what you do really well is to sort of acknowledge that those are there uh and it's i don't know do you find that when you're writing the episodes yeah. that it's a hard
1: I, I think that there's, there's a lot of damage we do to ourselves when we try and plan our lives as an individual, because that is like a wild thing to do on any scale. But I think when you're at school, mm-hmm. I did a video called like, like lies to unlearn from school in your 20s. And I think one of the school things is like, look, here's the lesson plan. If you learn these study notes, and if you do this, then you will pass your test because this is all about you and there is that element of truth in that but when it comes to say like a relationship sometimes you don't have a choice like I entered my 20s with somebody I thought I'd leave my 20s with but you don't have a choice about how the other person acts or doesn't act in that relationship and you, mm-hmm. you're only responsible for 50 percent of the success of it and I think that's what a lot of people experience in their 20s is a breakdown of a relationship that it, isn't quite in, in your control and I think there's like having that forgiveness about that so I think without sounding like a massive socialist. I feel like a lot of our trajectory about the twenties is has to has to be be collective. Of like, say, if you're entering your twenties with other mm-hmm. people, what do we want to do in our twenties? Like, what do we want the world to be like by the time we're in our thirties? Because it's it's dependent on that. You can't you can't you can't like like we've learned with the kind of huge like horrible um, cost of living crisis at the moment. You can't. You, that's not in your personal plan. That's not in your like mm-hmm. on your uh, vision mm-hmm. board. <laughs> It's like getting yeah. through that, and that's something that you can't you can't plan on your own, and that's okay, and it's not really. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think for me, I think I've just basically lost all of my. Well, I haven't. I've probably got a long way to go. I feel like I entered my my twenties like an egomaniac, <laughs> and now I think about myself only seventy percent of the time. <laughs> so, so that's good.
0: I think but, I think it's a sort of common ex- common experience that you sort of lose some of the lose some of those anxieties. I think I've definitely um felt that that I'm less worried about what people think of me i think as i've as I've gone through um my twenties, but I think that point that you make and it's possibly a really good one to sort of wrap up on is that idea of that yeah we've i think we often go into. I think when we're younger, we do like to think of ourselves, you know, we watch a million films and read a million books. And because when you're young and you're, you're often in scenarios where you don't have much agency, whether that's because you're at school, whether that's because, um uh, you don't, you generally don't get to decide where you live and what you do at the weekends and stuff. And so you kind of lose yourself in these stories where people do have these agents, the agency to go away and do all these uh amazing things in a way that the whole world centers around them being fantastic and excelling at whatever the thing in particular is that they excel at mm. but that actually the interconnectedness of our lives <laughs> means that whether it's that you're in a relationship with a partner and therefore you might have to compromise on certain things or you might sometimes go actually We're going to move somewhere because that's important to you or we're going to not do X or we are going to do Y because that's important to you. uh, Or whether it's that a pandemic happens and that is the thing that knocks things off course. Actually, the ways in which we're interconnected with the world and with each other means that having to fix a plan is almost impossible possible and that it is natural that you're going to land somewhere slightly different to where you hoped you might Mm. but that you kind of have to look for the the opportunities and the 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 paths forward from there i guess it's not just about accept you know always accepting life as it is you are Mm. still allowed to have uh you know i think it'd be awful if anyone came away from this conversation being like and therefore you get to 30 and that is how life is forever going forward um but you just have to plan from where you where you land and yeah
1: So instead of like me being like, oh, I'd like to be promoted to this position or I'd like to publish a book or I think one of the ones publish a book, but they were more like, I'd like to be able to sew a piece of clothing from scratch. Or I, one of them was like, I want to befriend a small child that I'm not related to. (laughs) And like stuff like that, that's like smaller goals. that are like, I mean, obviously, I might just not find any children that like me. But, you know, like be, th- th- those smaller things that are in your control that aren't about somebody else giving it to you mm. or the world having the resources for it. It's more like I'd like to be ready for a promotion at this age or like, you know what I mean? Or mm. I don't know. Or I'd like it's to internal. know what town I want to live in by the time I'm 30.
0: <laughs> it's a bit more internal than External, yeah I guess um because you can
1: say like oh I, I want to know what kind of relationship I want to be in by the time I'm 30 I want to know who I'm looking for rather than being like I want to be in- married with two kids
0: <laughs> yeah it's the internal part of the relationship rather than the mm. external because I wonder if even your perception on getting the book published has possibly changed a little bit in terms of what why like like I know mm. in terms of making Uh, videos I'm often not when um, when I'm looking at sort of how many views a video gets my concern isn't necessarily that I think it's really cool if a video gets lots of views it's that I want it to make sure it makes enough money that I can continue to do the thing because actually it's the process that I find really rewarding and yeah and it and it is a reflection of that that it's nice that maybe it means that something about it was good if lots of people have watched it but actually that's sometimes secondary or, or at least the the sheer numbers of it is secondary to the feeling that the thing that i've created or been cre- involved in creating is worthwhile in some way
1: hmm. yeah totally There's that whole like depth versus breadth impact yeah. and weather impact because also people just spend their 20s writing a book that nobody will ever read sometimes and that's like but they get fulfillment from it so it's like why <laughs> but then it, yeah you're right it's it's what purpose is this fulfilling for me and like what metrics am I going to use to measure that and they're not always the metrics of views or
0: hmm. um yeah but that was a a nice a nice place to land on, I think. Thank yeah, you did so
1: we tie it up uh, with I the bow that we I, tied it up with?
0: I think we, I think we did. Uh, <laughs> if people would like to watch your brilliant twenties toolkit series, mm-hmm. or your monarchy series, or your uh, many other different uh, series, looking at different aspects of the the planet we float on, sometimes very, very literally looking at the the, the planet that we that we float on um Where when, could they where could they find that Lena? I mean?
1: They can just find that at Lena Norms on YouTube. That's it. That's all you need. One more e than Lena Dunham. Lena Norms. The two e's.
0: <laughs> Stop. That's my, that's my new catchphrase.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more e than Lena Dunham. <laughs> um,
0: no, thank you so so much for talking with me, and uh thank uh, you uh, everyone. Pleasure. That's watching. Thank you so, so much for listening to my chat with Lena Norms. I hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. As I said during the show, if you'd like to get early access to every single episode of Induction, as well as to heaps of other premium exclusive content, then you can do so over on Nebula. And if you use my personal link, go.nebula.tv forward slash induction, then you can get 40% off an annual plan whilst supporting us to make more episodes of the show. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.